Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Turn up the volume, turn up the flavour. Wings, beers and sporting glory. Only at Winghouse. You're listening to the All-American Hour with Geordie and the Chief. Good morning. Geordie taking a well-earned sleep in this morning. He is right in the middle of the Australian Open coverage. There last night for about 11 hours. What a tournament it has been thus far. So Julian Marcus in the chair with you this week. And I'm joined as always by the star of this show. He is known quite simply as the Chief. And I believe that, Chief, you're on our shores this week as I say hello to you. Yes, yes, I am, Julian. Great to be with you. Um, actually, uh, reporting uh, live from uh, Sydney. I was uh, just in Melbourne, just at the tennis. A uh, couple great sessions there. And uh, previously, I uh, was up at the uh, Magic Millions up at the Gold Coast. And uh, yeah, continuing the, uh, the tour of this uh, absolutely beautiful country. What brings you over here primarily? Is it Magic Millions? Yeah. Uh, no, you know, it was all, all the sports kind of uh, coming together here with, uh, uh, yeah, the Magic Millions, the the Australian Open, and a chance to watch some uh, NBL basketball and uh, see some friends. It's just, it's been a great trip. Interested to get your opinion now that you've seen it firsthand, NBL basketball in comparison to the NBA. The NBL, it, it prides itself on being a legitimate pathway to the NBA and it has produced a number of players, not just at the, the young ranks, you know, players for going college, but also players looking for a second chance, a road back to the NBA that maybe didn't get drafted or have been on rosters and, and got stuck in G League hell or have been cut. What was the standard of play in your eyes? Oh, I, I think it's excellent. It, it really is. Um, the game's first of all, very competitive. We've seen some, some really close, great games. Um, it's yeah, it's it's really good. I mean, the scoring is way up. Um, uh, yeah, and I think the quality of play is very high. Probably the second best uh, league in the entire world. Um, and it, it's uh, yeah, it's I think really uh, continuing to grow and 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 even get better. Absolutely, it's one of the exciting competitions in basketball on the planet, and it really has established itself as a pathway to. The NBA. We will touch on the NBA over the course of the next hour, but of course we are right in the heart of the NFL playoffs, so that is obviously going to take a lot of our attention. We'll also touch in on the NHL. The All-Star game's not far away in both the hockey and the basketball, but Chief, I want to get your star of the week off the top because it's been another big week with some fantastic stories across American sport. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with two because the numbers are almost identical for uh, quarterbacks Jordan Love of the Green Bay Packers and C.J. Stroud of the uh, Houston Texans. Both of them had just phenomenal games, uh, pulling off upsets. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, a, a huge upset, uh, knocking out the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, both Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud threw for three touchdowns, no interceptions. 
270 yards, almost identical stat lines in their first NFL playoff starts. And uh, just extremely impressive under those conditions uh, to to have just such solid games. And uh, unfortunately, I think they're obviously going, both of those quarterbacks are going up against uh, the two best defenses in the league and the two best teams in the league uh, later today. So uh, it's going to be tough for them to match those performances. But I'm going to go with uh, a pair of stars with uh, C.J. Stroud and uh, 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 Julian Love. Jordan Love. I want to give Baker Mayfield another shout-out. I know we've been talking about him a lot this season, the story of Baker Mayfield, but for someone who's been much maligned in many circles, and he, Chief, was on a hiding to nothing coming into the Tampa Bay setup after Tom Brady. The story around the Buccaneers, and this has even come from Baker Mayfield himself, was that we suck now and I suck. <laughs> and yet here he is, three touchdown passes, 337 yards in a playoff game, at home, knocks out the Philadelphia Eagles, and we'll get to them, don't you worry about that. But Baker Mayfield's revival this season, and it's been a season that we've seen quarterbacks come back for a second act, but Baker Mayfield's has been one of the most inspiring, I think. It just shows that with little perseverance, you get your chance to ball, you can show what you can do. Yeah, that's a that's a great choice. He was uh, fantastic. His journey has been quite interesting. Uh, so the Carolina Panthers was cut, uh, went to the uh, L.A. Rams where he was there uh, with, with Matthew Stafford banged up uh, last season. And then, yeah, gets this opportunity. Going into the season, he was battling for that job with a, a young quarterback and won the battle. And one of the few uh, quarterbacks to start every game this season uh, – and he's showing obviously some durability, but but really some skill and talent and and some leadership. And, and leadership is something that I think uh, is a plus for Baker Mayfield. He's always been a very uh, a positive person and uh, and, and really a, a great teammate. And uh, his talent on the field is is maybe you know been questionable at times but uh not not now and he's playing fantastic uh baker mayfield the quarterback for the uh tampa bay buccaneers so the results from last weekend super wildcard round we had the, the texans knock over the browns 45 14 and cj stroud certainly announced himself if you hadn't already as a legitimate player a big time player he did with that uh performance the chiefs 26 to 7 in the frigid temperatures of kansas city over at the Miami Dolphins. The Lions just squeaked out a win over the Rams in a, a game that went back and forth quite considerably in Detroit. 24-23. The Bills 31-17 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the two results that I think that stand out to me, really, the Buccaneers 32-9 over the Eagles and the big one here, Chief. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> It's every January, isn't it? 48 to 32. Second seed, Dallas Cowboys. It seems like we have this conversation annually. They put themselves in a strong position to go on a run. Usually it's the divisional round, but this time they didn't even get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not surprising. You're right. Um, it just seems that... Uh, 
you know, you got to really question Dak Prescott, who's uh, done, you know, extremely well in the regular season and then plays kind of his worst games of the season in the playoffs. Uh, but the defense, I mean, there was some plays. There was a, a touchdown Green Bay scored where it looked like Dallas didn't have any defensive players on the field. I, I don't know what was going on there. Uh, the defense was solid all season. Certainly at home, they were undefeated at home. And uh, and again, that score wasn't even as as close as uh, the game was in as close as the score represents. Um, Dallas scored a lot of points late to you know make it look at least salvageable, but uh, just. Uh, uh, absolute domination by the Green Bay Packers. Probably played their best game of the season, um, and it's just uh, Dallas. I, you know, it's maybe the pressure of um, the history or the the ballpark, I, I, the big stadium. I, I don't know what it is that it seems to uh, keep upending um, the Dallas Cowboys when it gets to uh, yeah, like you said, playoff time in January. Well, they've extended Mike McCarthy. They've kept Mike McCarthy around and. That one, for the life of me, I can't figure out. Chief, can you make some sense of this for us? No, I really can't because uh, this isn't something new. Uh, it's not just Mike McCarthy's uh, um, performance as a head coach in Dallas that's questionable. It was the end of his, his run there in Green Bay. Um, had, had some really good teams. Obviously had a, a, one of the all-time great quarterbacks in Aaron Rodgers. Early uh, in that run, they were successful in the playoffs, and then they've laid uh, some absolute stinkers, uh, Green Bay. They, they lost one year to the New York Giants. That was, uh, I guess it was 13 years ago, but they were 15-1, and one, and the Giants weren't that strong a side, and the Giants went up to Green Bay and, and knocked them out. Um, there's a few others in the Mike McCarthy's resume from Green Bay, and then certainly 1-3 uh, now in the, in the playoffs with, with Dallas. Uh, and it, it's not just, yeah, again, them losing. It's how they're losing. Um, and I, I don't understand why Jerry Jones kept Mike McCarthy around. Um, you know, Jerry Jones is really getting up there in age. And he's basically the de facto GM. Um, and it's uh, it's not working. And I, I would be very upset if I were a Dallas Cowboys fan um, that the ownership and the owner is running the show and he's not handing it over to people that uh, I think understand football better. Um, Barry Jones made a lot of money in the oil business. Uh, he had some, some great success in, initially as an owner with Jimmy Johnson running the show, who is a, you know all-time great coach, and he hasn't re- found a, a replacement for him. And, and, and with that, Dallas has uh, kind of become a bit of a uh, yeah, I get playoff laughing stock because they they're very competitive during the regular season. Uh but then, you know, once it comes to the the, the money money rounds, um they fail. Forget trying to get back to a Super Bowl. They haven't been able to get back to a conference championship since they last won the Super Bowl and that came back in the 1995 season. So we we talk about Jerry Jones and you just mentioned uh, Jimmy Johnson. He's the one who fired Jimmy Johnson, and he hasn't been able to replace him since. The The question I have, Chief, is, and this comes back to, again, what we've been talking about, what are the Cowboys trying to achieve here? Because it seems very much to me, Chief, like it's just spinning the wheel and just spinning the tires constantly and hoping that something magic happens, that Dak Prescott will get hot in the playoffs something will happen against the norm. But it's getting closer and closer to the definition of insanity. And especially this year, Chief, 
when the amount of ca- the, the caliber of coaches that are on the market right now is as high as I can remember. Yeah, I mean that could maybe be uh, something where uh, Jerry Jones doesn't want <laughs> uh, uh, someone to I don't know outshine him if they win. Um, I don't know, uh, you, but you're you're absolutely right. I think uh, you know most uh, football fans agree with us, <laughs> and uh, and that's what's uh, so odd is that uh, um, common wisdom and and common knowledge, uh, common sense doesn't seem to be uh, holding up here with the Dallas Cowboy decision making. Is Jordan Love the guy? for Green Bay for the next 10, 15 years? Or do you want to see him do this again next season before you you put your, your chips into his basket? Yeah, I think you, you do need to see a little bit more, uh, you know, it just it's still a very small sample. He started the season um, really struggling at points, looking like he wasn't going to be the man at all. Uh, but evidently Matt LaFleur, the head coach of Green Bay, his system's a little bit tricky. There's a lot to... Uh, kind of uh, um, put it all together, and it took him a while. But once it clicked, uh, obviously he's really gotten rolling. He's got a very young receiving core with talent, so that's also they're having to develop the, the wide receivers. Um, I think he does have to do, you know, continue to do it. I don't think today matters so much because of the team he's going up against in the San Francisco 49ers. If he were to really struggle, you can't blame him uh, going into San Francisco. Uh, but... Uh, I do think he is the man because uh, of how well he performed and with his young wide receiver core, as they get better and, and they start working more together with more time, they're only going to get better. Uh, Matt LaFleur is an excellent head coach. And uh, I think, hey, you know, they had a great run, you know, long run with Brett Favre as the uh, quarterback, and then Aaron Rodgers, and now they've passed the torch to Jordan Love. And I think, uh, yeah, he could definitely be a 10-year starter in Green Bay and with the uh, ability to win win a Super Bowl. It really uh, has that upside. And uh, we saw uh, quite a bit of it uh, last week. And it'll be very interesting to see how he plays today. But if he doesn't play great, um, that doesn't mean he's not going to go on to have a great career. An incredibly blessed fan base Green Bay have been in the quarterback department since the early 90s, haven't they? Favre, Rogers, and now potentially struck gold again. Must be nice. Big cheerio to the Minnesota Vikings who are currently on their golf trip. Um, that's not a personal thing at all, Chief. Uh, still not too filthy about dropping $300 to see the Vikings Packers in Minnesota a few weeks ago. Um, speaking of teams that flamed out, Philadelphia Eagles. This has been quite a fade out over the last six, seven weeks of the season. It's quite startling how they went from a position where we were talking about them as Super Bowl contenders to by the time that we get to the wildcard weekend, I don't think they were, had a friend in the world. And the result certainly speaks to that, 32-9 to nine against the Bucks. Yeah, they were, you know, really at the point of almost being Super Bowl favorites. They were the uh, last team to lose this season in the NFL. They were 10-1. and one, And then just a complete and utter meltdown down the stretch. And then, yeah, and to not just lose a playoff game. And again, you lose a game on the road, you know, close, close game. They, yeah, thirty-two to nine again. The game didn't seem that close. It was just absolute domination. Um, 
by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were able to, you know, we mentioned Baker Mayfield's numbers, 300-plus yards, three touchdowns, just able to move the ball. And then on, on the offense, um, Philadelphia really struggled. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, he's certainly not 100%. I think that's something that's going on. He's, he's definitely uh, dealing with some injuries. Um, but uh, to have, yeah, that big drop-off late in the season, I don't know what happened. There's something, I think, maybe internally that uh, happened with that team. I think the, the head coach, Nick Sirianni, continues to act like an immature uh, jerk on the sidelines. And I think that, you know, so he's probably upset a bunch of his players over this, if he acts anyway, uh, around them like he does on the sideline. Um, I think that there's maybe something there. Uh, they made some moves on defense that didn't make sense, uh, releasing a, a really solid player. Um, in Derek Barnett, who's gone on to really help uh, uh, other, they, I believe he signed with Houston, I believe, and he's been a f- fantastic for them. So um, very uh, uh, surprising moves, uh, both in the front office, but I think you got to look at the head coach. And, uh, you know, there, there may be a little bit some excuses with some injuries, but, uh, you know, Nick Sirianni, his, he's definitely on the hot seat, having even just having gone to the Super Bowl last season. Is he on the hot seat in terms of the performances, or do his antics add weight to that as well? I would have to think it's both. Um, certainly, yeah, seeing a team collapse like that, you have to really doubt uh, a coach's leadership. Um, but if you know, if I'm an owner of a team and I have a, a face of my franchise, at, you know, acting like a, a kid, screaming and yelling sometimes, uh, just being. Uh, just a jerk. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, he's as unlikable a, a, a person I've seen on the sideline in the NFL. Uh, really, um, uh, and I, that can't be good for uh, you know team morale, and it, it's certainly not good for your brand and trying to to sell your team and, and add fans. Who's the bigger disappointment, the Eagles or the Cowboys, Chief? Well, I think the the Eagles for sure uh, over the course of the whole season, just because where they were, you know, defending uh, NFC champions, looking like the best team, looking like, uh, you know, had a, having a great chance to get back to the Super Bowl. But if you just look at that game last week, uh, Dallas at home is the bigger uh, uh, disappointment than being significant favorites and um, really uh, uh, getting blown away. Um, so, yeah, over the, I think the course of the whole season, it's the Eagles. Over the course of just last week, it was the Dallas Cowboys. I think we owe the NFC South a little bit of an apology here because we've talked about them all season as the worst division in football. Yet, the NFC East don't have anybody in the divisional rounds and the NFC South have the Buccaneers who have made their way through taking out the Eagles. How it can turn very quickly, Chief, come the postseason. Oh, yeah, that's the NFL, you know, and it's only one game. Uh, it's not like our, our other sports in, in America with uh, five, seven-game series where you can have a moment of uh, slipping up and you can kind of make up for it in a, in a, in a long series. Uh, but, no, I mean, I, I mean, the NFC South still have the worst team in the league, Carolina Panthers, extremely disappointing team in the Atlanta Falcons. New Orleans Saints were pretty competitive. But, what, yeah, what Tampa Bay did um, – one with the you know obviously a solid run to get in the playoffs. It was a battle uh, to win that division. 
Um, but then the performance, and they're peaking at the right time, and um, they have a winnable game against uh, the Detroit Lions in, in Detroit. It's wouldn't be the biggest of upsets if they could pull it off, but uh, uh, yeah, just fantastic job by uh, uh, Todd Bowles, the head coach there, um, and uh, you know they, they had the, the you know the greatest quarterback of all time in that in on that team, and uh, was able to bounce back and make the playoffs again. Any other big performances across Wildcard Weekend that we should be keeping a, a back seat on? Um, you know, yeah, I, I think uh, you know the performance of the Detroit Lions. You really, even though they were you know favored in that game against the the LA Rams, it was a great uh, game. It was the only real competitive game of the round, um, and I, yeah, I think just the. To get that win, it's very, very few playoff wins in the history of the franchise, uh, a franchise that was, uh, you know, predates the Super Bowl, and they've never been to a Super Bowl. They've only been to one conference championship in that in the Super Bowl era. So uh, for the Detroit Lions to get a get a win in the, in the playoffs, is it's a big deal, and uh, they have a very good chance to uh, to advance and make it to a, a second uh, NFC championship game. So... Um, you know, Jared Goff uh, kind of disposed of uh, by Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. They made the trade to acquire uh, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford wins the Super Bowl. The Rams uh, go back to Detroit, and it was a great game, really close. But, uh, yeah, the Detroit Lions got it done. And congratulations to Dan Campbell, the head coach there, who is uh, really a, a, a fiery and uh, very good head coach, very good leader of men for sure, um, Dan Campbell. We'll get Chiefs picks for the divisional round on the other side of this on the All-American Alpha Winghouse. Turn up the volume, turn up the flavor. Wings, beers, and sporting glory only at Winghouse. Julie Marcus in the chair for Geordie this week. Just a reminder as well, on the SEN app, you're going to have all of the NFL divisional round action coming up from 8 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time with the Ravens and the Texans leading off the docket. We'll be take a break and we'll be back with more in just a moment. Welcome back to the All-American Hour on this Sunday morning. Julian Marcus in the chair for Jordan Canellis this week. The Chief is with us on our shores this week in Australia, touring our great land. And let's talk some hoops, Chief, because I've got a couple of teams that have really caught my eye over the last uh, little while for different reasons. And there's a lot of questions around these two particular franchises. And I want to start with the Minnesota Timberwolves because... This has been a team chief that have been the best in the Western Conference essentially the entire journey. We're nearly at the All-Star break. Yet it really does feel like in a lot of circles, they're still seen as the great imposter. That this is a team that's using up some magic and eventually their, their run will end. Their luck will run out. They'll fall back to the pack, whether it be now, whether it be in the playoffs, early doors. They're not even being talked about in a lot of circles as being a conference final team. Well, what would it take, do you believe, Chief, for that narrative around the Timberwolves to change? Well, they obviously have to keep winning and then in the playoffs have to uh, to win some rounds. And um, it's, again, just the franchise you know, name. And you say Minnesota Timberwolves and kind of your knee-jerk reaction is, uh, you know, bottom dweller, um, you know, if they make the playoffs, they're you know automatically at the first round. They've just had so little success since 
uh, Kevin Garnett, <laughs> you know, was the last time they, they and they, you know, never really made deep, deep runs with him either. So um, it's just uh, hard to believe on on brand <laughs> name. But, uh, if you look at the roster and you look at the performances, uh, the team's there that that can go and make a deep playoff run. So um, they obviously have to keep doing it, and I would be n- not surprised at all if they if they uh, do. Uh, obviously, the the addition of Rudy Gobert uh, was the the big big move in the off season, and it's it's really worked. A, uh, a lot of people didn't think it would. I I wasn't sure. I I didn't know. I did not expect this at all from uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, but it really is working. You know, I have really kind of two centers with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, but on, on the offensive end with Carl Anthony Towns' ability to hit three-pointers, really extend and, and spread out the, the uh, offensive side of the floor, uh, it allows for that. And then the defense that you get with Rudy Gobert is just uh, phenomenal. The rebounding, uh, the shot blocking, and it's not only the shots you block, it's all the shots you change, all the shots you affect. So um, you have those two big centers. They have a uh, their backup center, Nas Reed, he also hits three-pointers. So they, they are able to, you know, always kind of have four guys on the court that can hit threes. And Anthony Edwards, uh, just a star player, continuing to improve and uh, does it on both ends of the court. Really good defender and just a dynamic offensive player. We've seen some, this week saw some incredible highlight dunks uh, from Anthony Edwards. So uh, they've really got it all going on in Minnesota right now and uh, should continue to keep winning, winning basketball games. I find it just interesting you mentioned their name recognition as far as the Minnesota Timberwolves. You think of their history and you immediately do think a bit of the road at best. But, I mean, aside from the Nuggets and the Clippers who have been a lot of, team, a lot of people's picks for eventually being the two out of the Western Conference, the Oklahoma City Thunder who are the number two seed at the moment. They're a couple of games back. I mean, the OKC Thunder isn't a franchise dripping with success in their illustrious history. One finals appearance, and that came when you had Durant, Harden, and Westbrook together for what almost feels like a fever dream that all three of them played on the same team, Chief. Yeah, um, it's it, it really impressive. With They're such a young team, Oklahoma City. Uh, they made that trade, uh, trading away Paul George, adding Shea Gilgus-Alexander, and um, the way the, the trade was structured, where they also got a lot of draft picks, um, it was that, you know, Paul George is the best player in the in the trade, but that's not the case. Uh, SGA is clearly uh, the best player in that trade, and just fantastic uh, all-around player, but really good on the offensive end, especially getting to the free throw line and uh, making his free throws and just filling the basket. Um, and then Chet Holmgren, the uh, first pick a couple of years ago, who uh, missed all of last season with injury, uh, stepped right in and yeah, really in the, the top of the rookie of the year uh, talk. Um, just a, a fantastic job. Uh, Sam Presti is the, the general manager. Um, Talking here with some basketball people, and uh, he's clearly Sam Presti, the best GM in the league, and you can see that by the way he built this team, and still have so many assets too. I mean, if you, their future is so bright because they still have lots of draft picks in the bank from the the moves they made. Um, I would be surprised if Oklahoma City continues though. 
to play at this level. They're probably going to come back a little bit to the pack, but uh, it's yeah, very, very impressive what they're doing in, in OKC. The other team I wanted to put on the list for discussion are the LA Lakers, and it's for a particular reason that I got the chance to see them in person a couple of weeks ago, and you know, it is always an experience to get to, I can't say crypto, it's Staples Center, it's always going to be Staples Center. LeBron James in person, Anthony Davis went off for a 40 piece. They played Toronto the night that I was there. And boy, didn't the Toronto coach uh, love for his night in Los Angeles that night. But with the Lakers, it does seem interesting, Chief, that they are capable of turning it on in case in point, the in-season tournament. But it does feel like this is a team, and I'm wondering if you're seeing this, Chief, that their motto is, all right, we've got an aging roster. Let's get to the postseason. We, they got to the conference finals from the seventh seed last year. Let's get to the postseason, and then when we get there, you can't beat us in seven games. That does seem to be the plan, though. This group is seriously lacking. Um, it, it's yeah, obviously the, the two superstars, top-heavy LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis, and there's just such a massive drop-off. Um, I saw uh, you know, some advanced stats in the rankings, and both uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are performing, and they're you know still in the top uh, bunch of players in the league. And then the gap to their third player, which I think was D'Angelo Russell or Rui Hachimura, or I'm not even sure. It was it was so vast. Um, it's just it's they're just so lacking um, with any sort of depth and quality outside of their their top two players. So I don't think that's going to work. Um, Though, you know, it's, it's certainly not a team you want to play in the playoffs because of um, the ability of the, of the top stars. And they also lead the league in, in free throw um, advantage. And they're, they're the, they're the free throws they take first, the free throws they allow, they're, they're first in the league. And so they're getting help from officiating, um, but still uh, just can't seem to, to get any wins. It almost felt like they tried a little baby too hard to win that in-season tournament or um, we're putting almost a little too much focus on it, which was, which was fine because, you know, certainly LeBron James wanted to win that first one, the inaugural one, and uh, just to add that to his incredible legacy. Uh, but uh, this team's really lacking. Now, maybe they can make some moves. They don't have a whole lot of assets to trade in terms of, of players and uh, their draft picks, I believe, too, are, are a bit... I don't think they have a very deep uh, amount of, of draft picks. They've traded a bunch away. Uh, so uh, it's going to be hard for the uh, L.A. Lakers this year to repeat what they did last year. You know, again, that being said, you don't want to face them in the playoffs if you, if you could avoid them. But right now they're, they're in the battle for uh, to be in the play-in. So um, it's, uh, yeah, really disappointing for the Lakers. And going forward, there is definitely some trouble once – you know, LeBron moves on, and Anthony Davis, who's play, he's been very healthy this year. That's the other thing is he could definitely go and miss 20 games at any point in the next stretch because of his history of injuries. Uh, but, the, yeah, the future is, is not good uh, looking forward uh, for the L.A. Lakers uh, with the aging roster and not a lot of uh, young quality talent on that bench. It does feel like we were, we're back where we were 10 years ago with latter-stage Kobe. Although this time, obviously, 
LeBron has Anthony Davis with him, whereas Kobe was an island unto himself with a supporting cast that couldn't quite cut it. And that is the question that the Lakers are going to find themselves in in the next few years when LeBron eventually does move on and Anthony Davis, who knows if he'll stick around for the rest of his career in the purple and gold. And then where to from there? Are they back where they were in the in the basement as an 18-win team going to have to play the game of star chasing again? Yeah, I think that's what will happen, though they, they, can, they can chase stars because uh, certainly uh, a young free agent, whoever that might be, in a year or two, uh, certainly that would be a place you want to go. I mean, if you could win in L.A. and be a star there, it is, uh, it's incredible in the history of the franchise. And um, to wear that purple and gold is, is such a big deal. Um, so th- that's what they always have going for them is that the, the franchise does have the ability to attract um, free agents. And they, they've had some success hitting in the draft, but uh, not so much recently. So we'll leave the hoops there. And on the other side of this, we're going to talk a bit of hockey before we get the Chiefs picks for this weekend's NFL Divisional Round. And you can hear all the NFL Divisional matchups on the SCN app. A break and back with more on the All-American Hour. Welcome back to the All-American Hour. It's all thanks to Winghouse. The best seats and beers always guaranteed. Winghouse, Wings Beers Sports. Julian Marcus in the chair this week for Jordan Canellis. The Chief is with us. And Chief, let's talk a bit of hockey because... We have just passed the halfway point of the season and looking at the standings, the Boston Bruins after last year's utter failure in the playoffs, there's no other way to describe it, after the record season that they had to lose in the first round to Florida. Granted, Florida went all the way to the Stanley Cup final, but they have been able to maintain the rage. They maintain the top of the Eastern Conference, 63 points. The Rangers, the Panthers and the Flyers make up the top four in the East, while in the West... The Vancouver Canucks have returned to form 64 points. They lead the way over the Winnipeg Jets, Colorado Avalanche, and the Dallas Stars, equal with the Vegas Golden Knights. They are the top five in the Western Conference. Although the Edmonton Oilers chief, 12 wins in a row. They might be the hottest team in professional sports right at the minute. They've moved themselves back into the sixth seed, and they are closing in. What takes your eye when you look at the standings at the halfway mark, chief? Well, yeah, certainly the Vancouver Canucks being at the top spot. That uh, hasn't been the case recently. Definitely a surprise. Uh, they're you know, plus 55 goal differential, uh, the best in the league by about 10, 10 goals. Uh, yeah, a real surprise there uh, how good they've been uh, this season. Um, another you know surprise is the, the Philadelphia Flyers, a team that hasn't made the playoffs in a while, um, really coming on and... and showing themselves to be a potential contender. Um, and the Winnipeg Jets as well, it's another uh, bit of a surprise to be this high up on the, uh, in the standings at this point. Um, so those, those are kind of the surprise teams in the, in the top bunch. Um, but yeah, you mentioned the Edmonton Oilers. They have the best player in the league in Connor McDavid. And uh, yeah, winning 12 in a row. They, their, their problems always is allowing goal, allowing too many goals, certainly when we get to playoff time. Uh, but they've been playing you know, much better defense, seeming to be getting some better goaltending. Um, so 
Um, yeah, it's been a very interesting start. The Boston Bruins, a lot of people thought they'd take a step back. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, their captain, uh, one of the, the greats, uh, retiring uh, before the season. And uh, they really haven't missed a beat. They're not on that record pace they were last year. Um, you don't want to win the President's Trophy. The President's Trophy seems to be a jinx. You don't want to have the best record at the end of the regular season, uh, seemingly. So um, I think Boston would be thrilled to be uh, in the uh, second-best record, maybe best record in the East. And uh, this year, performing the playoffs instead of uh, yeah having that, that first-round shocker last year when they lost to the Florida Panthers, who the previous season had one of the best records in the league. Uh, so it's just uh, interesting. And playoff hockey, very different than regular season hockey. So uh, you just need to get in there, and really anything can happen. It's the beauty. Playoff hockey is, especially overtime playoff hockey, there, there are a few greatest spectacles in sports. It's a thing of beauty, Chief. It really is. It, it's just the uh, intensity could end uh, 15 seconds in, or it could be uh, four overtime, five overtime, and you're, you're, you're up till uh, 1.30 in the morning watching a game that started at 7, 7 p.m. Uh, that's all New York, U.S. time. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just it's so phenomenal, the intensity of, uh, of playoff hockey. And, uh, yeah, when you get to that, that the sudden death overtime games and um, – it's just the, the sometimes just the brilliant saves that keep you alive, and then uh, you get that big goal. Usually, it's, it's a lot of times it's a sloppy, ugly uh, goal to get the the win. But um, no, playoff hockey is uh, is absolutely fantastic. We've got a few minutes left, Chief. So I want to get your picks for the divisional round. You can hear them all on the SCN app. We're going to start this morning, eight thirty a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, with the Ravens hosting the Texans in the AFC. Well, yeah, Ravens here, big favorites, uh, uh, 10 points on the line, and I, I think they win by more than the 10. I think uh, Houston uh, obviously came off that in- incredible effort uh, to win against the uh, Cleveland Browns, but it's going to be very tough against Baltimore, and uh, uh, the weather is going to be a factor. It's going to be a bit windy. It's going to be very cold, um, and I think that, yeah, but that certainly – Suits Baltimore, and uh, I think they win, and they win win quite easy. Later on, 12.15 Australian Eastern Daylight Time, the 49ers hosting Green Bay in Santa Clara. Yeah, I think this is very similar. You know, I gave my stars of the week to the uh, C.J. Stroud and, and Jordan Love, and I, they have great performances, but I think this week's too tough, and uh, San Francisco really... Uh, healthy. Uh, they're, they're, they had a couple hiccups in the, in the middle of the season when they were dealing with injuries, but when they've been a fully healthy side, they not only win, but win quite easy. And I think it will be, uh, again, quite easy for them. Um, I would expect uh, a pretty dominant performance on both sides of the ball by the uh, San Francisco 49ers. So I, I expect them to win and win big. Today's slate does seem to be the one that will produce the blowouts, whereas tomorrow's slate starts at 7 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. This one really tantalizing. The Lions and the Bucks. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with Detroit to win the game. They're, they're six-point favorites in the game, but I think it's going to be closer than that. I wouldn't really tip this one way or the other because uh, I don't like to tip uh, uh, favorites who I think are going to be uh, in a tough spot, and I don't like to tip underdogs. I don't think he'll win. So, um 
but I, I think this is going to be a very entertaining game. I, I would expect that the you know home field will help Detroit. Certainly, that that fan base is so starved. Um, they got their 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 one win, but they they want another one. And uh, uh, I think they win. I think they win clo- very similar to the way they uh, beat the Los Angeles Rams. I think Detroit wins uh, by around a field goal, and it, it's a really entertaining game. Uh, should be some good, you know, good amount of points. You won't have weather as a factor uh, indoors, and uh, some some quality uh, offensive players on both sides of the ball. Great wide receivers on both sides of the ball. And this is the pick of the weekend, and this could have very easily been played next week. Bills Chiefs this time in Buffalo, however. So get out the snow shovels, folks. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be snow. Uh, I'm not sure what the weather. It's obviously going to be cold. It's going to be some wind. Um, this is a fantastic game. First time in Patrick Mahomes' career where he's going to play a playoff game in the road. Obviously, uh, the Super Bowls have been neutral site, but these, this is a road game and going into a very tough environment. Um, and I think he comes up big. I, I think Patrick Mahomes is uh, the best quarterback in the league by far. And I think Josh Allen's uh, number two. I'm really a huge fan of Josh Allen. Uh, but I think Patrick Mahomes has a little bit more help, certainly on the defense. And the, the injuries to the Buffalo Bills defense, I think, is a huge factor. And I think that uh, Patrick Mahomes will take advantage of that. Rasheed Rice, the wide receiver, has really come on to be a number one receiver. Um, for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I think he has a big game. Um, Travis Kelsey is going to get a lot of attention like he usually does. His numbers are way down. And I think a lot of that is to do with just uh, teams being able to focus on him because they don't fear the wide receiver uh, wide receiver core of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. But I think we get a step up uh, and a great performance uh, by uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating weekend of NFL football, and uh, I think that one is certainly the pick of the bunch uh, tomorrow, Bills and Chiefs. And Chief, it's great to have you on our shores. Enjoy the rest of your trip down under. Oh, thank you, Julian. It was a lot of fun. It's been a great joy to spend a Sunday morning with you and to spend a Sunday morning with all of you, of course, across the SCN network. We are going to have all the NFL action coming up on SCN. You can get it on the SCN app. So that is going to get underway from 8 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. All four divisional games live on SCN. So make sure that you download the app if you haven't already and stay with us all weekend. That's all we've got for the All-American Hour for this week. I'm Julie Marcus. Thanks for your company.